0: Now, Mr. Roberts, you have exactly one minute to tell us how you propose to add 100,000 subscriptions to Newsways. How do
1: they expect to sell things like
0: that? Wait a minute. If that's what I think it is, it's going to
2: be worth a lot of
3: letters one of these days. Tick. Talk. <laughs> Ding dong. Wow. Bong. Mm-hmm. Bong. Bong. Wait a second. Okay. Bong. Oh. Bong. Mm-hmm. Bong. How many is that? I don't six? know. Is that five, six? Bong. Shh. Bong. Right. <laughs> Bong. Hang on. I think there's one more. Bong. Welcome to the news at 10. Today we're doing the big clock. Ha 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 ha.
4: Do you know something, I, I think it's quite the coincidence that you started this
3: with uh, Tick and Talk Because I... You... Well, I also, whenever possible, advertise TikTok.
4: Are you actually on
3: TikTok? No, I don't understand TikTok. No. I see TikToks everywhere. And I mm. go, oh, I don't... I, say, I see... I saw one today, actually. Someone did one about Jack Warner. And they showed it to me. And I was like, oh, that's very impressive. Um, and I thought to myself... I don't know how they did that. It was the Their face was in the middle, and then all of a sudden it was in the corner, and there were other things happening on the main screen. And text as well at the same time. I was thinking, I'm sure that they're on the app it's very, very easy. You hmm. just press a button and things happen. Yeah. But do I want to spend my life learning how to do it? No. 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 Sorry. We're, we're no. too old for that, mate. It's not for us. I know. I know. I don't mean to sound like a codger, but I just... Can't be bothered to learn how to use another social media thing. No. I've only just learnt how to use Instagram, and I st- I'm still terrible on that. And that's been out for what four decades or something. It's anyway, a long time. What I do like, what I do like about TikTok is winding up my children because they are all on TikTok and they oh, love no, TikTok. Really? Yes, but if you okay. use TikTok as a verb, you've done f*** off kids, right? Oh. You should, if you say, "What are you doing? Are you TikToking your friends?" They go, <laughs> "You don't TikTok your friends." <laughs> Well, surely technically you do. Well, this is what I think. I think you can use it as a verb,
4: but they I think so. do not. Yeah, I mean, we used to say. I mean, all those many years ago when it was something relevant, we used to say, "Oh, I Facebooked you." You know, I MySpace'd
3: mm. you. You know, so mm. exactly. I, tw- I Twittered you.
4: Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure that one works, but yeah, the others, the others did. But yeah, no, t- I TikTok'd you. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going with you, mate. Yeah, no, your kids don't mm. know what they're talking about.
3: Do you remember when we used to say, "Hey, you just came into MySpace"?
4: I I remember those long, dark, cold, cold nights from many, many years ago.
3: There's nothing cold about MySpace, sunshine. <laughs> 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 what's the oh, it was red um, hot?
4: <laughs> oh. What's What's the uh, statute of limitations to say Happy New Year? Is Is it too late to say that to our listeners, or is it
3: never? No, because you know, you never know. Someone might be listening to this in January. 2029. This is very true. I hadn't thought of it like that.
4: Well, Happy New Year to that one person. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Happy
3: New Year to you as well, Smokey, alright?
4: Uh, and the same to right. you, my friend, yes. Um, has <sighs> 2023 started out better than the last shambles of the last couple of years?
3: Tell you what, 2022 was a real grind. Mm-hmm. 2023 has only been alive for... twenty. 20- 5 days at time yep. of recording
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it's already been extraordinarily interesting. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so I'm very happy.
4: I I, I can't disagree. I can't disagree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just nice to be back the, back behind the microphone together and uh, about to talk about uh, another golden age movie um which you know I was just thinking that.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah, you were. It's very nice uh, to
4: be back. Yeah. And um and and what a film to properly kick us off with as well because my word! Great movie. Mm. I'm, I'm putting my it's cards a, on the table.
3: Yes, yeah, a cracker, isn't it? It mm. is. It is. We'll get out. We'll yeah, there.
4: yeah. yeah mm. absolutely. Uh, I will. I will give you a little pre-advance warning. Is that I had a little idea, which mm. was uh, at the end of the uh, Captain Blood episode. I said to you, right, I'm going to give you two options, and you have to choose from one. So, not have to, but I would like you to choose from one of these options. And I gave you the options of a Sherlock Holmes movie or the Big Clock. Right, and I mm-hmm. thought that kind of worked out pretty well. Instead of putting you on a spot all the time and being nasty, I I could say to you at the end of each episode, I'm going to give you two options. Here's one. Here's two. Pick one of those. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good way of going forward from now on.
3: I I like that. You could game that system quite easily, though. I think. You reckon? You know, yeah. yeah well, if you said, you know, um, you can pick a Sherlock Holmes movie or a snuff film. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm always going to go for the snuff film. So, <laughs> well. <laughs> as as i've as I've
4: made clear before, you know they're all going to be golden age options and and unless golden you age can, snuff films i, I, I oh. are there any
3: well you tell me Smoky. all right I, I, we're I, in I, eight millimeter territory right now
4: I, <laughs> I don't know I mean uh, fatty Arbuncle he met with a terrible end is that on film?
3: Wowzer. you need to cut that out okay? <laughs> that anywhere near anything I've ever said or done all
4: right you did you you talked about him on your show that's how I knew
3: got real though <laughs> not <laughs> okay. anyway anyway
4: yeah alright well all I'm saying is is that I just think it's like you to, I'll present you with two options mm-hmm. and you can you can go for it so you
3: know. okay cool can I have um, sometimes I think uh, I watch a film or see a film or remember a film mm. that I go god damn it that would be great for all the best lines so um, may I have, let's say, one veto every five episodes. How about that? Just, right, yeah. just in case, just in case there's something I desperately, desperately want to get in there. I can say, actually, f- your choice is. I have one that I desperately want to do this
4: time. <laughs> or like, well, or we mm. come to an agreement. Like, I don't know, every three or four episodes, I just say, right, it's dealer's choice, and you just you you pick whatever you wish. Like we we had that success with um, it's love I'm after. What a cracking movie that was.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, we'll see. Yeah. All right.
4: Okay. okay cool. We'll All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. We nice. Will ha- we will have some fun.
3: I like this. Oh, should, should we get ourselves a big wheel and we <gasps> spin it and it says dealer's choice or mm. this or that or okay. snuff movie? I, yeah, uh, cool. <laughs> okay. I mean,
4: I mean that's wonderful for us. It's not great, uh, uh, you know, visually on a podcast. It's not fantastic.
3: Mm. It? I, well, I mean, we could. It lie. is if you pretend it's there and say we're going to spin the wheel now. And it's landed on... <laughs> there you, go.
4: you do know I could have just edited in a wheel noise there, but never mind,
3: it's okay. it's okay. Well, you did, didn't you? You did edit in a wheel noise. So what's the problem? Oh, yes, so I did. <laughs> yes. It'll be like a le- that scene in Rain
4: Man when he completely balses it up. But yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll do that then. I don't know why that came into my head, by the way. <laughs> That's because you were shopping at Kmart. I don't know why. Or just uh, <laughs> uh, uh, batting a, a smoker alarm with a broom. Yes, that's that's what we do around here. God, these are deep balls, <laughs> aren't they? Okay, right. Anyway, wow. enough of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you sure? <Yeah. laughs> mm. I would just like to say, before we move on, is that because we left it so far into the last episode, and that was completely my fault because my brain is wired wrong, is that we um, we put it so deep into the episode I didn't want it uh, to get missed is that our beautiful spanking lovely new artwork from the Mm. wonderful Camille I wanted to highlight that again because it is beautiful and I have kind of fallen in love with all those uh, pictures that she did with did for us Mm. I, I I think they're absolutely incredible
3: and I will just say artwork on especially Apple podcasts takes Sometimes it never updates at all, as we found out with the House of Hammer artwork, which we had a placeholder artwork in place, didn't we? And then we sort of got the teaser trailer out. And then when we had a proper artwork done, I replaced it. It was all replaced, and according to the RSS feed, that's the one you should be seeing. Yep. However... Um, On many, many uh, podcatchers, including my own, Mm -hmm. um, I'm still seeing the old artwork to this day, which is very, very, very irritating. So if you're not seeing Camille's beautiful new artwork, Mm -hmm. then by all means go to our social, which is, is it Best Lines Pod? Yes, right, on Twitter, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's our profile picture there, so.
4: Yeah, but also go on to... Go onto the Facebook page as well, where there are two different pieces of artwork as well, because I thought I wanted Mm. to showcase her work so much, so go onto the Facebook page uh, All the Best Lines, and you'll find it there.
3: Okay, Okay. so search All the Best Lines on Facebook.
4: Exactly, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it's it's just so wonderful, and I just wanted to highlight it again, because, yeah, it did get kind of a bit buried in uh, in the middle of Captain Mm. Blood last time, and that's completely my fault, so I hold my hand up for that, and I apologise, Camille, because... I asked Camille if, if you know if she'd do this for us, and, and there was no oh, "I'm busy" or "No, uh, well, how much you pay me." It was just like "Oh, yeah," and it was just like, X-t. I mean, I love this person because she's re- willing to do that for us, and it was yeah, absolutely wonderful. So thank you very much, Camille, again, and everyone, go out there, check it out. It's it's absolutely lovely. Before mm-hmm. we go on to the film, mm-hmm. um. There is the usual thing of emails that we uh, that we go through, but uh, but Adam oh, will be very ha- Adam will be very happy to know there are no emails this time. Oh damn it! But 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 we have had the loveliest five star review, and I mean it's it's it it warmed my heart, dear boy, my cold cold dead heart. It warmed it, and uh, and I if you if you'll indulge me, I wish to read it to you. And see what you mm. uh, and see and see what you think. Go for it. Oh yeah, actually, you, I, I actually think I might have already sent this to you. But the the m- most bizarre uh, happenstance happened was that this got sent to us after we finished recording the Captain Blood episode, and I mean that very night it got sent to us. So they mm. just missed out on the last episode. So this has been this is a while ago
3: it's been sizzling away has
4: it it has it has but this was as i said mm. a five star review and this was left by <laughs> bumpy knight of the hunter which i think is a great name
1: and <laughs> uh,
4: and bumpy knight of the hunter says oh, just listen to this this is just like pure heartwarming stuff right it's like a bowl of tomato soup right this is awesome <laughs> bumpy says adam and smoky deserve all the stars for delivering a podcast that's both a haven... I'll I'll say that again in English. (laughs)
3: Mm. Uh,
4: Adam and Smokey deserve all the stars for delivering a podcast that's both a haven for classic movie nerds and a safe space for newbies. It's a joy hearing Adam wax lyrical about his carefully and occasionally drunkenly cold pics. And even better... mm, Never! And (laughs) even better... Listening to classic film virgin Smokey's Feedback <laughs> after, after, he, after he experiences many of these movies for the first time, the discussions are often hilarious and always insightful. They don't always agree, but their mutual affection and friendship, couched by the delightfully filthy repartee, is the beating heart of every episode. And there we go. That was from Bumpy. Thank you, Bumpy.
3: I think delightfully filthy is a mm-hmm. great description of you.
4: Uh, I think that comment was made about the both of us. Shh! Yeah. Delightfully filthy repartee is about both, of us, my friend.
3: No, I have no repartee. It's all you. So you're delightfully <laughs> filthy. I'm delightfully filthy in that you know I'm so busy that I forget to shower. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, Which is re- remarked upon by every member of this household. You are delightfully filthy at the <laughs> moment. Could you please make sure you shower today? <clears throat> but what a lovely review. Isn't it? It's not often that you um, yet yeah, review that well-considered. So thank you very much. Usually it's a five-star or, you know, less. And a, um, you know, a quick, brief log line about... Hmm what they think but that that's very nuanced and very considered and very thoughtful so Absolutely. thank you very very much indeed yeah i completely you. agree
4: i mean it uh, it's the same with you know <laughs> Any of it, you know, it 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 takes a minute mind to to go on and and give a one star and go, but it's mm. you know when it's when it's a, a very heartfelt and lovely thing, and for people who like us, I mean, especially with this show because we do this for free, you know, this is our this is our thing, and and yeah, to to turn around and say that it's it's. In, yeah, it's just, it warms the cockles, as they say.
3: It does. Yeah. It does. You know what? I've always thought, when it comes to podcast reviewing, mm. there should be not not a star rating. Mm. By all means, tell people what you think of the show, but get rid of the stars, because it, it's like, if you like a show, mm-hmm. talk about it. If you don't like a show, mm-hmm. unsubscribe and move on. That's what I think. If you have Great. sort of a, an ambivalent but constructive offering to mm-hmm. give, in the form of a review, mm-hmm. by all means, but don't give it a one star and then say, It's a great show, but I don't like so and so's voice, or it's a great show, but yes. you know, um, they made a mistake about this tiny piece of thing. Because mm. you, you have no idea how much work goes into making any of these shows. <laughs> I mean, even yeah. a show like ours, where it's two mates chatting, mm-hmm. we'll go away and we'll edit it, it still takes a week, sure. and it's like. Yeah, if you don't like it, by all means, don't listen. But um, I, uh, I've always thought that star rating on on something free. I understand mm. if you're buying in buying, you know a, a bloody avocado peeler or something on Amazon, <laughs> you've paid sure. just fifteen quid, and it all it does is squash it into guacamole. I totally get that. Uh-oh. Like, give it one. That sounds and like and a say, personal does not work. story. Oh i'll go into that one day <laughs> <laughs> that was just such by a specific means, item <laughs> if you've spent money and you feel cheated by all means but if you're getting mm-hmm. a free product um Ooh. you know if someone gives you something for free and says please go away and enjoy this thing and then you say all right and instead of enjoying it i'm gonna totally crap on your life i've I always found it a little bit completely
4: agree. i completely agree yeah um uh, ben and I talked about this quite recently on Rated H. So sort of uh, sort of saying is that you know if it's if it's a podcast that that you know like a, a BBC one or you know whatever the equivalent is in uh, in America is that okay if you're if you're bombarded with adverts fair enough you can. Let it go a little bit, but as you say, you know, we do this for free. We do this, is out of the goodness of our hearts. To so then go on, and, and thankfully, I've never had a one star review. Um, so I, I, I you know, well I, well, I did, but it was someone else's fault. But anyway, that's a completely different story.
3: Um, I'm very sorry,
4: yeah, I know. Well, it actually was you, so shush. So, um, was it, yeah, it was, yeah. So, um, so, um, oh! but- <laughs>
3: <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, stop the. F- train no what was this no called? we talked
4: about this not long ago so yeah yeah it's true okay We're, we'll come back to that after we record after we record i'll <laughs> cut that bit out don't <laughs> um okay, but no the thing is is that. Like, but uh, yeah i i if i i obviously get um to, I mean, you must do as well. I'm sure you do. You get asked to listen and to maybe rate and review some podcasts by other independent podcasters, and that's fine. And I'm more than Mm -hmm. happy to do so. However, if it's something that's not to my liking or I don't like the way it's done, I'll just stop listening. I'm not going to go on and give it one star and say, no, this is terrible.
3: That's it. Yeah. A podcast should be able to tell if if they're not effective by the fact that their listeners... Maybe go up and then plateau and yes. then go down. Yeah. Then you've got an issue. You don't need, you know, um, you know, Dick from Indiana telling you that, you know, I, I'm sorry, but your voice is annoying and all that.
4: Because there's stuff you can't do anything about. You know, I hate that Dick from Indiana.
3: Yeah. <laughs> He's such a. It's, it. Do you know? Sometimes I, you know, I've been making. I, I know we both have, but I've been making podcasts since 2014, <laughs> and um, some of them. Have taken, well, all of them really. Have taken years and years and years and years and years of my life, Oof. and they still do to this day. I'm, you know, today I was working on one for six, seven hours. I had to get up super early to do some research, Imagine and it. sometimes it results in it results in five minutes of audio. But yeah, you you do it because you're passionate about it, yes. and uh, you give it away and you put it into the world, and then someone says, you know, <laughs> you, I'm sorry, but the volume was slightly too too much on this this moment, really? and you think, yeah, but what did you think of the entire? Higher things, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: It's it's, anyway. it's very funny. I mean, it was just this it's week. I, I recommended a show to someone which I personally like, and I said, however, uh, the host of it has a very broad accent from where they're from, and mm. uh, and I said, so it's a Marmite show. You go on their reviews, and a lot of people say, oh, I love, I, I don't mind the accent, or I love it, and blah, blah blah. And then the rest are like, oh, I couldn't listen to it because of the accent, and it, and I was like, so it's a Marmite show, and the person I recommended to. Came back and said, I get what you mean with the voice, but it's still a really good show. And I was like, great. Right. That's
3: that's the balanced nuance you need when you're listening to something. 100%. If you took away the star ratings mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. and instead saw a bank of reviews, yeah. you would be better off reading them one by one to get a better idea of of what's happening instead of going well they're just five stars I'm not going to bother with those I want to see what's wrong with it Yeah, Ugh, I'm going to focus in on that one star review and say you know you got the fact wrong about this or I don't like him he said a sexist comment about blah 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 yep. you know if you read all of them together and you get a more mm-hmm. nuanced view mm-hmm. of what the what people feel about the show Yeah. so take away the star ratings it's just bullshit if yeah. you want to write a review that's fine and you want to be as critical as possible you Know be kind, that's yes. all because people are giving their time and their life and their dedication for, mm. for these things, anyway. I, I think we've um, you, you know, killed kicked, kicked uh, this to death. I, I, <laughs> I one, one more thing though, mate.
4: One more thing mm. is that I oh, forgive me if you if you are still listening, but I can't remember his name. But um, it was a I, I don't know, somewhere halfway through last year. We got asked by a listener. Uh, they were starting a podcast and they wanted our advice and then they wanted our advice on the microphones we use, which we both proffered. And that's, you know, that's a good thing. You know, we, we as you say, you've been doing it for almost 10 years. I've been, I've been doing it for almost 10 years too, or if not actually 10 years now, I can't remember. But we don't know everything, but we could give our advice. And then but if you turn around and go, well, their advice was sh- And it's like, well, hang on, was it? You know, we're we're still going. Adam's shows are still doing incredibly well. My shows are doing all right. And uh, so, you know, we kind of do know what we're doing.
3: So, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, if you spend 10 years of your life doing something, of course you'll know more than someone walking off the street and doing it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And all of this is stemmed from the fact that someone's given us a very nice review. It was Um, wonderful. Thank you, Bumpy. So thank you very, very much for that. Um yeah, I do I was thinking about this the other day though and I thought if I ever get a chance to publicly vent what I think about reviews and then I will do so. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. And, and there we go. <laughs>
4: you know, we this is why we need to record more often <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm sure we'll self-edit <laughs> I'm sure we will but anyway it's, it's great to get a nice review it's upsetting sometimes when you get a cruel review and I think everyone Obviously. knows the difference yeah. um, I don't mind a negative review as long as it's constructive uh, and I do think you know if, for things you can't do anything anything about like I don't like your voice <laughs> what do you want to do go to sleep feeling bad about the fact that I was born yeah. with this voice box it's, it's, it's uh, you,
4: you've just reminded me when, uh, when I was working at the Uh, hotel chain that I worked at, and uh, a customer had a a really big problem. But actually, no, let me change that. They thought they had a really big problem. They didn't. And so I was trying to explain why they didn't have a really big problem. And this woman goes, oh, well, you don't have to put on that fake voice. And I went, I'm sorry? And she went, that, that there, that fake voice (laughs) you're putting on, feigning your, your apologetic. And I went, no, no, this is my actual voice. And she went. Oh, will you stop it? And I'm like, I can't talk any <laughs> other way. If I, do you know now what I'm thinking about it? If I'd said I would have done my, and I'll do this for you, Adam. If I'd done my terrible Vincent Price accent, you know, I, I, I you know, maybe then she would have realised that no, this is my actual voice. I do remember being told that. Don't put that what? voice on. It was like this is my voice. <laughs>
3: what what Vincent Price accent? <laughs> Oh,
4: you just wait. You just wait till you hear my Charles Lawton that's about to be launched.
3: Oh, my f- God. God. <laughs> no, let's get into this because I need this to happen. Come on. Let's do this thing Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's hurry this p- <laughs> along.
4: Okay, fair enough.
3: Let's go on to the film then. Okay, so. Uh, the, the big, Can't wait. The big. No one can from, wait. Everyone the, listening now is like, oh f- yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Smokey's Clock. Smokey's got to do <laughs> Go <on>, a <laughs> away! This big Clock <laughs> from 1948,
4: uh, which I remarked on Twitter yesterday just kept reminding me of a song called Big Truck. And I it just, I had it in my head for the entire runtime of the film. Big Truck. Big Truck. Big Truck. Big Truck. Big Truck. So for those who didn't listen to the last episode, of the Captain Blood episode, I did say I, I gave Adam two choices. It was a Sherlock film or it was a big clock because around that time I mean this is what November or December yeah. was when you had your uh, film festival film festival
3: yeah but it's been busy since then we've had christmas and lots of work on plus you know um new year and
4: it yeah, really so has but at the time uh, of the film festival the big clock got mentioned quite a lot and i thought well this is this is perfect for us to talk about it's uh, well, I, actually, I said at the time it was a film I couldn't remember if I had seen. My list mm. told me I hadn't, but my head told me I had. And um,
3: yeah, I think that's probably because of the radio versions.
4: Like, uh, very out, possible. Or... But it's all—it it, it just reminds me of that line: that "Is that now that I know my head has for brains?" Because no, I had not seen this. So okay, yeah. That, so um, uh, I've watched it twice in the, in the last week. Mm. And what a. <laughs> I, I, I've already said what a brilliant film this is. This it's is a brilliant,
3: brilliant film. Yeah, that's yeah,
4: great. It's really um, good. There's
3: every every chance you might have recognised the basic concept. Now, No Way Out, Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. '90s film, is a remake of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's seen that, but oh, I have. Um, it's about. He, you know, in the Pentagon, there's some kind of... Well, we can't really talk about it yet because we haven't no. talked about it. But um, that is a remake of this film. Well, you but know how the I love concept.
4: King Kev. So.
3: Oh, of course you do, yeah. yeah. What I love so much about The Big Clock is the concept. Hmm. It's genius. Try and explain it in one sentence. Go. Uh,
4: before I this do... This is the thing. Okay. Before I do, can I, can I just mm-hmm. say that my main not my main takeaway, but a big takeaway from this film, is that there are two films here. So it, it, the plot of magazine, newspaper tycoon mm. gets frustrated with his wife. That's one film. And then you have another of a diligent, loyal worker wanting to spend more time with his wife. Mm-hmm. That's another film. So, I mean, The Big Clock could be just easily be a romantic drama. The guy is henpecked at work, wants to spend more time with his missus, and he goes off with her, and then some background shenanigans happen. And that leads mm. to a nice, cosy, easy drama. But the great thing about The Big mm. Clock for me is that it doesn't go that
3: way. It really doesn't. Oh, yeah, no, it completely smashes both yeah. of those okay. storylines.
4: All right. But to answer wild your question, you, you, you want me to describe this film in one sentence?
3: No, uh, describe the concept of the film the in concept. one sentence. Okay. Okay. Mm. All right. See, I can't, I can't do it, and I've been trying all, right. all day.
4: All right. Okay. Um...
3: Cohesive sentence. <laughs> you can't, you can't just talk for fifteen minutes no, without no, a I know, I full know, stop. I,
4: um, all right. Uh, like a synopsis?
3: Can I? Ish, but one sentence. One so, sentence. if you were in an elevator and you're on floor twelve, right. and you have until floor one, and it's going boom. What's your film about? Bing. Oh, all right all right all right. exactly right. exactly this is the, this is what i'm no, trying no. to get across okay okay the concept is phenomenal but you yes. can't do it justice by summing it up in you can't say it's a noir you can't say it's a thriller you can't say it's a this it is thrilling and it has noir elements it has yeah. an, an incredible structure yeah, and uh, it has yes. one of the most complicated yet simple to understand formulas to the whole uh-huh. story it's a bloody work of genius. Well, and... well the, 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 the
4: fact of the matter is is that you've just, mm. you're just you completely right. Because if you look at the very basic synopsis mm. on IMDb, it doesn't cover it what enough. What does it say? Uh, what does it say? I'd be very it, interested. A magazine tycoon commits a murder mm. and pins it on an innocent man who then tries mm. to resolve the murder himself. That's not That's... enough. Nothing. That's
3: that's just literally. You, you, imagine a brick, and imagine going like this along the top of it with your nail. Yeah, that's how much of the story you've taken off of it with that tagline. It's utter rubbish. Mm-hmm. So the only way to tell you what happens in the big clock, and we won't spoil the ending because I think that okay. people, I don't think this is a well enough seen film. Okay, that people, I mean, old Hollywood lovers will have seen it, and they will. Yep go along with us on this i think okay but people who haven't seen it i think will be intrigued enough to want to know how this is resolved so i think there should come a point in this where we do sort of drop the axe and say let's not go ahead gotcha from here on.
4: all right i'm more than happy to do that it's very interesting you say that because i did see a review today and the headline of the the review is noir fans have found a hidden gem and i think that
3: strikes a Isn't chord that interesting yeah. Mm. See, I have heard of... I, I, I've seen this film mar- uh, marketed as a noir many, many times, even on the Lux Radio mm-hmm. theatre version and the Screen Director's Playhouse version, which are both stupendous, by the way. They yeah. all say it's a noir thriller. I, I've seen this film probably 20 times in my lifetime, and I've never, ever thought of it as a noir. It's I, not. I think that... The, it's not, is it? No. No. no yeah. It's... it's um. um. Yeah. It has elements. It's a, it's a I mean, complex there's, drama. There's, yeah, there's a man on the run. There's yeah. a definite thriller element to it. The yeah. Elsa Lanchester stuff is pure comedy gold. Um, she's so she's, good. she's incredible. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're setting this up to be, you know, film of the year kind of thing. So we should probably just get into this thing. But we yeah, should. We should go for it.
4: So uh, yeah. can we can we start with a problem? <laughs> Go on, go on then. So we, so we have, the, you know, the main couple, which is uh, Ray Molander and Maureen O'Sullivan. and
3: George and Georgette.
4: Yes. <laughs> is that your problem? Yes. <laughs>
3: it's so stupid. See, I... Do you know, there's something about the fact that they're called George and Georgette Stroud uh-huh. that kind of gives it a Charlie Kaufman-esque kind of meta. Do you not think? I've always thought that. It gives it a kind of meta... It's almost like he's male and she's the female. George, Georgette. It's kind of... I don't know. There's something primal about it that I kind of like.
4: Maybe. I just thought it was a little bit silly, you know? Mm. If if they're going to turn around and say, oh, so he's George and they had a daughter, Mm. which they don't, they have a son. Mm. But if they turn around and say, oh, this is my daughter, Georgette, that would... Fine, all right, I get that. But George Mm. married to Georgette? Isn't that just a little lazy? (laughs)
3: um i don't think there's anything lazy about this all at right, all no, I, okay. I think everything I mean from the the quality of it and hmm. the the from the background material which i i'm dying to go into later because i don't sure. know if you know about the what this is all based on but hey mm-hmm. i think every single element of this has been considered to the nth degree fair enough fair enough but i take hey, it no, yeah i
4: mean maybe that's just me being nitpicky but that's fair news, but um the thing that strikes you instantly about this film, I think personally, I have to say, is that the cast is wonderful. It's so it's good,
0: perfection. Yes,
4: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charles Lawton in this—I mean, I know this is this is what 48. So, but all all I could see, well, not all I could see, but a lot of the times I could see, it just came across as Hitchcock.
3: Yep, yep. I totally get that from me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally, you know? his, his performance in this is mm. very quietly un- understated manic at times mm. and glorious I think is what I'm going to say <laughs> um because there are moments even when <laughs> even when Harry Morgan his kind of silent henchman assassin type secretary whatever he is he just floats in and out of rooms looking menacingly <laughs> yes. at yeah, Ray yeah. there's a moment when there's a phone call and without speaking Harry Morgan just picks the receiver up doesn't even you know, put it to his ear and just hands it to Ray uh, to Charles Lawton, and Charles Lawton's kind of just takes it with this diffidence. You know, he's always saying, "Yes." I mean, it's just the way <laughs> it's played. How do you even write that in the script? It's such a I don't know beautiful moment. Uh, anyway,
4: I I would on. love to. No, no, it's fine. I would love to know if this was an an actor's choice on Charles Lawton's part, or if it was just a thing he did. But I never Mm. thought I would say this about a film, but Charles Lawton blinks in a way I've never, ever seen in a film before. (laughs) (laughs) Is that he half closes his eyelids and then flips his eyes over to the left and then closes his eyes. It's the most remarkable thing, and he does it throughout the film. It's like Mm -hmm. he's exasperated and he's rolling his eyes at exactly the same time. And he does it from minute one right up until the end of the film. And obviously people can't see what I'm doing, but he literally does that. And it's like, that is the most interesting way of blinking I have ever seen.
3: (laughs) I, I get the feeling Charles Lawton's been a bit of a discovery for you over the past year, because um, mm. you definitely dig The Suspect, don't you, from 1944, which you saw in loved November. Loved it, loved um, it. Have you, have you seen him in much else, apart from Night of the Hunter? Well, not you didn't see him in Night well, of the Hunter, he but directed he directed Night it, obviously, yeah. Um, yeah.
4: I, I can consult my list and see if I have. Uh, oh, uh, Island of Lost Souls.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played uh, Dr. Moreau, didn't he?
4: Suspect, uh, Night of the Hunters. So, no, it's, it's those four films, uh, yeah, but um, yeah. Mm. It, I mean, what a guy, wonderful. though,
3: he's so good. Oh, w- did you see Witness for the Prosecution last year at Film Club? We showed that, I think that was sort of tail end of the year.
4: It's possible that I, again, my list is incomplete, apparently. So, mm. <laughs> uh, no, oh no, 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 we talked about Witness for the Prosecution in another episode, mm. it was probably the Night of the Hunter episode, um, which okay. we, ha- we haven't watched for the show yet, but. That's right. That's going on the list for this year. We're doing that for uh, this year. But okay. he, but he's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful.
3: He's incredible. Have you um he he had a career that was, you know, obviously began in British cinema. Mm. He kind of got above himself, I would say, became a mm. producer. Um Jamaica Inn was one of his films that he produced and starred in, unfortunately. And he sort of hired Hitchcock and was a total <laughs> You really have dickhead. a problem with Jamaica Inn. Oh, such a bad film. But I love it. That's the, I like that <laughs> I movie. watch it and I, Oh my God, I love it. Well, there you go. You've seen him in another one. Um, so, uh, Jamaica Inn is such a bad film, but it's gloriously bad. Um, and then he had this really interesting career all through the 30s and 40s and 50s in Hollywood where he played these amazing characters like, you know, Janet in The Big Clock. Uh, and then he kind of went on this creative sort of mind trip. He did... Night of the Hund he directed that it's one of the greatest films ever made and what a a mind to come up with some of the imagery in that film and that was it he was one and done and then he went on like a reading tour where he went around theatres and read from the bible and people to this day swear that it is one of the greatest experiences they've ever had in a room with a, another human being because he would bring these stories to life and people felt like they were being flooded by the Red Sea and something. It's incredible. So, uh, yeah, what an actor. There was no one better than Lawton. He's wonderful. The scene later in, uh, so,
4: well, sort of about, actually, about the halfway mark when he's being yelled at and... Accused of mm. adultery and whatnot, and the camera just focuses on his face. On his face, and his it's twitches. just the, how do the twitch, you even manage that?
3: The twitch of the uh, the moustache. That's, I mean, complete control of your entire physiology. He manages to make his his muscles twitch. It's Isn't incredible. It wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's brilliant.
4: I, I mean. As I said, I, I gave you the, the choice of this film uh, in the last episode uh, over a Sherlock Holmes, and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, maybe, as you say, maybe this film just isn't known as, as well as it should be. Why do you think that is?
3: Um, I mean, genericish title? If you say The Big Clock, do you want to watch The Big Clock or do you want to watch Sherlock Holmes and the Voice of Terror? You know, you, you don't really get much of a sense of what it's about. And no. let's be honest, I mean, The Big Clock, is a feature in this film. It doesn't really tell you what it's about. I think before we go on we should probably tell people what the storyline is because All right. um, they're probably getting very frustrated. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. That's fair enough. But before we do before we do mm. right, you you
4: gave me a thing before, right, you know, uh, d- do the uh the, the plot in a sentence. But what would you pick as a better title? I'm gonna put you on the spot now. What's a better Lord, title no. than the big clock? Um I mean b- Pure coincidence is that I've just reviewed a film for Hammer called Thirty Six Hours, and in this film, they've got thirty six hours to prove their innocence. So who knew? You know that that would kind of fit.
3: But I I think I think I think the remake's name of No Way Out. I think that's a lot better. I think um, I think that's a lot better because um, it's like walls closing in or something like that. You know, it's yeah. (laughs) It will make sense when we tell you what the plot's about. It will. All right. But, all right. Go on. Mm. Then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, just quickly before we do delve into the plot, um, this film was directed by John Farrow, mm. who was uh, one of the sort of pioneering directors in the forties. He was married to the film star Maureen O'Sullivan. Yeah. And their daughter was Mia Farrow. And. Um, subsequently her son was ronan farrow so you may know the farrow name mm-hmm. and that's where it kind of began yeah yeah and i would say that if you're intrigued enough to go and seek this film out the screen director's playhouse version of this which is freely available online is wonderful and features um a little bit of a sort of introduction from john farrow and also ray Moland and maureen sullivan reprise their roles as george and X stroud so Yep, yeah, definitely a good half-hour, abridged version of this.
2: Suspense! Radio's outstanding theater of thrills presents Ray Moland in a preview of his forthcoming Paramount picture, The Big Clock. But first, a word from the director of this program,
0: Mr. Anton M. Leader. Suspense is my business. But of the hundreds of spine-chilling tales I've seen, heard or read... The Big Clock tops the list for its relentless grip on the emotions for its ever-mounting spell of suspense. And now, Ray Meland in highlights of his amazing role in The Big Clock. My time is running
2: out. Every second brings me closer to death. They're hunting for me everywhere, but they don't know how close I am. Right here, trapped by The Big Clock. An average guy with a family and a job he liked with everything turned upside down by the strange things that happened in thirty-six hours. A wonderful afternoon with Georgette, who wanted me for all the right reasons. The crazy evening with Pauline, who wanted me for all the wrong ones. The long moment with Janet, who wanted me for his own dark reasons.
0: We have our man. He was just seen entering the building. I wanted emergency order issued, all exits blocked, the building closed. Nobody's is
2: leaving us identified. you take charge. Yes, I led the hunt for the man that nobody knew. And the orders were shoot to kill. Twisting and turning through all the shadowed byways of a skyscraper city. A grim, relentless search that could lead to only one man. Myself.
0: Well, that's just a brief hint of the thrills which make the big clock far more than just an exciting picture. To my mind, it's one of the screen's great masterpieces of suspense. And it's coming to this theater. don't miss it but there's also the thing is
4: that elsa lanchester and charles lawton were married
3: yeah they were yeah i mean they were in so many films together witness for the prosecution being the most notable but this Mm -hmm. one i mean i think to be honest they loved each other so much charles lawton was let's not make any bones about it charles lawton was homosexual elsa lanchester was i think happy to live in a lavender marriage. And um, I think from all reports, indulged in romances of her own. Mm -hmm. But isn't it wonderful that even though when they first got married, they both knew the situation but remained with each other throughout their entire lives and helped each other and and encouraged each other and co-starred with each other. In some of the greatest movies of all time. And always made sure that the other was doing the best they could. And um, big clock is Elson Lanchester's, I think, outside of Bride of Frankenstein. Personal favourite. I think it's her finest hour. I can't disagree
4: with that. From the Mm -hmm. limited things I've seen her in, I I can't disagree. But it's that bit of trivia that um, Lanchester was widowed in 62... And Sullivan was widowed
3: in sixty three mm. literally just a year apart. That's very sad mm it is yeah, yeah. they were just um fifteen years out from this, but yeah. hey, let's focus on the positives. Yes, this is a bloody fantastic film mm-hmm. so do you want to start the story off
4: okay so the the story starts with with basically two two stories running concurrently is that you have uh George Shroud played by Raybelland, who is the the kind of the the golden boy of the the newspaper they're running because he comes in with the the good ideas and he's uh, the one to to solve crimes that the police can't solve because they look for the yeah. obvious clues and not the unobvious clues.
3: Yeah, he's the yeah. editor in chief of Crime Ways magazine, which is yeah. one of the magazines that's part of the Earl Janeth magazine empire. So yes. Earl Janeth is played by Charles Lawton. If you imagine a pyramid, old yeah. Janeth is the man on top, really and is. beneath him are all these sort of different endeavors. Should we say, Crime Ways is their crime magazine. There's Homeways, yeah. which is home and living, and there's you know they food ways.
4: Floors in the building. As yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, cool.
3: yeah. It's a fantastic scene at the beginning where Raymeland's going up to Crime Ways, and um, yeah. you can see all these people getting in and out. You can feel the hierarchy building. Yeah,
4: exactly. So, yeah. Um, but we need to point out that Janeth is not a nice man. I mean, he fires people on the spot for no very good reasons. No. He does it several times during the film, and uh, he doesn't exactly endear you to him. I mean, he is the big mm. boss, he's, he's the big bad, and uh, he remains that way through the entire film, really.
3: Yeah. There's, well, a, there's an air of, um. Uh, what's, what's the word? It's like not aloof, but there's something almost on the spectrum about him. He doesn't yeah. like to be touched. Leave yeah. me alone. I don't, You know, and he sort of exists in cold, aloof spaces yeah. of the apart, uh, office building. When he comes, he doesn't want people near him. He wants to just get to where he's going and say what he's got to say and then walks out. Mm-hmm. It's very odd. And you can definitely see that the, the character is very well written and that the, the writer has sort of investigated personality types instead of yeah. just going, this needs to be a villain. You know, yeah. Because otherwise he would just drift in and drift out. But he's, I don't know, there's something very well, very special about him. But you can yeah. definitely tell he's on high.
0: He,
4: he's not your your typical villain. He's not, you know, uh, maniacal. He's very forthright in what he wants done. He doesn't like being distracted. As you say, yeah, spectrum is probably a good word for him. But yeah, he he's very focused on... How do I put this? He's focused on there's... what he wants to be focused on, mm. and if someone distracts him from that, that's a bad thing, a crime. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Like there's there's a moment where um he is having a conversation, and his 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 responses are very very quick and on uh, yeah. you know. And the conversation's over, and then he will suddenly pick the phone up and say, "Um, I noticed early on there was a light left on in an apartment, um, you know, or a, or a cleaning cupboard. Can you find out who it was and dock their money?" The, accordingly, for the light being left on, he says, "Put the phone down." And it's a moment that didn't need to be there because you've already, mm. already established him as a villain. But because yeah. it is there, you kind of go, "He has some kind of OCD." Mm. Kind of, you know, he's definitely there's something not clicking exactly to society. Like,
4: probably why he ended up so powerful because yeah, yeah, he is he, that no nonsense way of dealing with things.
0: Yes, sir. When does he think he's leaving? Late this afternoon. I couldn't do a thing with him. I'd better take charge of the young man. Owen oh, Steve on the fourth floor in the broom closet. A bulb has been burning for several days. Find the man responsible. Dock his pay. Yes,
4: sir. But then you do have sort the, of the the George and Georgette thing, which I mean I get. I mean George is he's put. He's put his life's work into this. He's very loyal. He's been there, I think he says, for seven years. I think he says. And, um, yeah. and, uh, but all his missus wants is some time away, which is not unreasonable at all. And, uh, and so they, they, you know, the, the only way that George can get this is to quit because he's had enough and he wants some time mm. with his wife and his son, and he buys him the most annoying toy gun in the world. But there you go.
3: Um, and, and so George, it's, it's worth saying that George is probably the most supernaturally gifted investigator yes. yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if, if there's a crime been committed and the police don't know where to go, George will track them down through yeah. receipts and some kind of intuitive knowledge, mm. which has made the magazine into one of the big powerhouses mm. of the Janeth Empire
4: yeah well th- this is why i say this really could have gone in one of several ways right so you get that it, george has quit he's gone he's gone he had to get a train somewhere to go and meet his wife because they were going on vacation for their honeymoon which was several years
3: late has been delayed for seven years yeah
4: exactly yeah and so when he meets up with her and and it's like i don't care i don't care about the job anymore i'm gonna stay here we're gonna have a wonderful time and Blah blah blah. All right. so that you could have taken it in such a, a kind of mel- melodramatic drama way, yeah, yeah, and and just gone. He could have the, the the rest of the film could have been him spending time with his family, but also dealing with this nonsense from afar. Easy, not a problem. But because they kind of roped in a friend of his, and it was sort of like, oh, I need to go back and sort this out. That's when it's all changes, and what a. Brilliant diversion to take this film on, because without it, without the the night out on the tiles and without the tragedy that happens, this film is completely different. And and mm. what a wonderful way to 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 deal with it is by going. Actually, we might as well just kill someone now. Mm. Great, you know, for a for a drama thriller, what a way to yeah. do it.
3: No, it's it's superb. Yeah. So it turns out that Janus, played by Charles Lawton, is not as Uh, let's say, ice statue, as you think he is. Mm. It turns out that he does have a weakness. He's been having an affair with a model named Pauline York, very beautiful blonde, and um, she's a little tired of being sort of passed over in the evenings, and uh, she's threatening him subtly, I've got enough on you kind of thing, to make the papers blow up about you. And he's like, just please, can we just talk about this another time? Mm -hmm. So she's quite... Off, and she goes to a bar to drown her sorrows, and there she finds George, who's also off with Janeth, and uh, is <laughs> drowning his sorrows mm. because all he wants is, you know, a honeymoon. So they kind of form this, I don't know, accidental friendship, don't they? Yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not a romance as such. It's, it's more an a,
4: alliance.
3: Yeah, they they hate Janeth, mm. and um, what happens is um, because George has once again let Georgette down. Mm-hmm. Um, she's gone off on the honeymoon on her own. So George decides to drink it off and yeah. take Pauline with him. So they go off on this bender all around the city, and the whole bender is them talking about Janeth and what a dickhead he is and how they can get back at him. Turns out Janet hates the colour green. Mm-hmm. Is it green or red? Yeah. It no, it's green. green, doesn't it? Yeah. And, uh, That's why they, they'd make clocks. their
4: drinks green, and he buys—he wants to buy a green clock.
3: Yeah, it might be a good idea to drop a clip in just to give it. A <laughs> I will, I will. <laughs> a All
2: right, you imagine just because a fella doesn't like red ink, he fires him. green. Oh, he does. Bartender, bring us two more stingers, and this time make them with green mint. With green mint. Green mint. That's what the boy said. Oh no. George,
1: yeah? At the office, did you ever use the confidential file?
2: I practically lived in them.
1: That's what I was hoping. You know, Earl has a passion for obscurity. He won't even have his biography and who's who.
2: Sure. He doesn't want to let his left hand know whose pocket the right one is picking.
1: I think we can remedy that.
2: Do you mean write his biography? Who would buy it? Earl would. You know, that's a very interesting idea. But not in my line. What time is it? 7.25. You'll excuse me if I... What? 7.25. Holy smoke, you've missed our train.
1: Oh, there, lots that's another
2: train. My wife will never forgive me.
1: You'd better bring two more. Make them triple.
2: With green mint. Green. Horrible.
3: So what they decide to do is to come up with some kind of green clock. Something he loves and something he hates. Just to <laughs> him, him off royal Mm -hmm. so they find a sundial tie a green ribbon around it and then they kind of finish the night and they have this huge bender and um it turns out that george falls asleep at pauline's house and wakes up when pauline is shaking him saying janice on his way over get out of here (laughs) i mean you want to take over from there (laughs) i mean
4: but i mean this is great though isn't it As, as soon as george leaves Mm. Janeth arrives, and um, it's so well staged. That yes, it really is. And uh, Janeth knows someone is there, but he, he doesn't know him, who. Doesn't yeah, but, but yeah, yeah but he doesn't it. know who he is. He just mm. kind of there's yeah. a the kind of a shadow going on. And then, whilst you don't see Janeth kill her, it's still very brutal because it's they, really
3: wild moment. Yeah, yeah, because friendly, because
4: she's and... he he's saying oh. um... Oh, is this a man? Is your new conquest? Oh, does he at least have a clean shirt this time? And uh, of course, that's quite biting. But then she said, "Well, hang on, I'm not the only one that you've been with either." And it's when she starts Mm. attacking him when it's not on his own terms, and that's when. Oh, and by the way, I must point out is that she grabs a clock and lobs it at Charles Lawton, and he doesn't Mm. even flinch. He does not flinch at all. It just sails past his head into a Mm. wall doesn't move an inch i mean that's I, I i don't know whether they'd like rehearse that many 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 times so charles lawton didn't get hit on the bonds but it mm. was just it was just matter of factly <laughs> oh there's something sailing past my head right now and so it's all like whoa! it was like, i was really impressed with that
3: it totally fits the character
4: it really unfamed. does it, it was
3: perfect mm, it really does
4: but it's also a bit is that yeah as you say it's so cold in that he just grabs this sundial and kills her you know he kills her
3: with one blow it's um yeah yeah, it's crazy because she taunts him but she kind of also she ridicules his masculinity and I don't think he's a man who's very comfortable in his own skin yeah so he and you can see the muscle it's not even him him that reacts Mm. it's his physiology that reacts which is incredible on Lawton's part because it's the muscles around his eyes and around his mouth you can just see them quivering and you think oh, my God, what the hell is happening? And (laughs) wisely, Faro gets right up there with the camera and just says, this is too good to miss. And, yeah, one blow, she's dead. So, basically, what's happened is Pauline York has uh, been murdered by Earl Janeth (laughs) from here on in. This is where the the concept gets very muddy because, obviously, Janeth does not want to go to prison. So, what he does is he decides to frame the man that he saw leaving her apartment... Little knowing that the man he saw leaving her apartment is his best crime reporter and bloodhound, yep. George Stroud. So the following morning, George Stroud goes into work, and is told to find himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. the only thing he can do is to thwart the investigation he is heading himself in order to find himself. To <laughs> this is where it gets mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes um it's yeah. uh it, it
4: is it, it's remarkable but it's also the the stone cold nature of Janeth when he goes to his you know his his head you know right hand man and just says mm, hey I, yeah. I, yeah yeah and he just goes I, I killed someone tonight it's just like that it's so matter of fact it's not oh my mm. god i killed someone it's just i killed someone tonight i don't want to go to jail and it's all like Holy crap! He's got ice running through his veins. Mm. It was it's it's a remarkable performance. This is a remarkable script.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a remarkable film. Uh, yeah, in 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 its entirety because it's so unconventional. And yeah. it's worth saying that the film, uh, the 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 book that the film is based on, also called The Big Clock by Kenneth Fearing, That moment where she taunts him, mm. she taunts him and says, uh, "You and Steve Hagen are lovers." Um, yep. uh, you know, you're just with me slumming, you know, mm-hmm. you're homosexual. Yeah. And he throws it back at her and apparently she's, you know, gay as well. Mm-hmm. And they're both hiding their yeah. true sexuality from each other, which yeah. is a really interesting choice given its start. Do you know what I mean? You've got yeah. Charles Lawton playing uh, playing a man who is supposed to be gay and but trying to hide it, accusing a woman... It's, it's, it's really meta. And <laughs> for 48 as on,
4: well. Isn't? I mean, that's... For
3: 48, yeah. That's got to be rare to put that in the script for that time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hinted at in the, in the film script. Obviously, they sanitized it because of the code, but... um I say sanitized, you know. Well... It's the wrong word. Well, <laughs> sort of, you have to... Uh, made it code adherent.
4: Yeah, yeah, you have to make it fit the code. So... But that time, so yeah, fair enough.
0: Was it a pleasant evening?
1: Marvelous. Met a lot of bright, brand new people.
0: Sounds interesting. What were you doing?
1: Oh, just moving around from spot to spot. Van Bar, a few other places. Oh,
0: don't turn the radio on. I like it. Don't you?
1: Have a nice trip.
0: Was he one of them?
1: One of who? Oh, you mean the bright, brand new people? Yes. Who's
0: this brand new person?
1: Oh, just a man. I don't suppose you know him. His name's. Jefferson Randolph. Southern family. I suppose. Charming boy. What
0: does he do?
1: Nothing much, I'm afraid. Sort of a playboy. Where did you get
0: this?
1: Some crazy bar he goes to. At
0: least this time he wears a clean shirt.
1: Just what do you mean by that?
0: you know what I mean? Are you
1: bringing that up again? Throwing that cab driver in my face? You never forget him, do you?
0: No. Do you?
1: No. You cheap imitation of polio. And you
0: don't forget the bellboy or the lifeguard last summer or the touted Saratoga and who knows how many others. Don't forget any of them, do you, including the one to come. You!
1: You of all people, you talk about my friends. That's priceless. What about you and the artway secretary? What about You think I don't know and the sonographer, the elevator girl, the kid in publicity, the photographer's model. You think they'd look at you twice if you weren't the great Mr. Janet? you think you could make any woman happy? Have you lived this long without knowing that everybody laughs at you behind your back? You'd be pathetic if you weren't so disgusting. You flammy, flammy load of Christmas. No!
4: But what follows on, though, I've really enjoyed. Yeah. Be- because... I mean, we've,
3: we've only described the first sort of 25 minutes.
4: Oh, now. absolutely, so. yeah. And, and, and as you say, we're not going to go properly... We can't really properly spoil this because, as you, as you say, if this is... Lesser scene than we really shouldn't, and we should let people discover this by themselves. But, but what happens is this wonderful, this wonderful cat and mouse journey that happens. Not just that; it's that it brings in these wonderful characters that you you meet that are tertiary characters, and Mm. but it actually brings them to the forefront. Yeah, that's and that's they become more important
3: as the film goes on, yeah, and and sort of more relatable as the film goes on. Mm. There's a character that appears very early on when George and Pauline are on their bender, yes, um, and it's a customer trying to buy a painting played mm. by Elsa Lanchester. Oh. She's trying to buy a painting. George walks in and because he's drunk, he decides mm. to make a bit of a thing about it. Oh, I'm going to buy this painting. And mm. she's like, you know, excuse me, I'm trying to buy the painting. And he okay. sort of snatches it off her and says, no matter what she's offered, give it a double. And mm. she walks off annoyed. And you think, well, that's the last you're going to see of her. Turns out, yeah. she's going to be extraordinarily integral <laughs> to everything that happens. Then all of a sudden, he goes into a bar and demands a green clock from a bartender that says, My slogan is, I have everything you could ever want behind this bar. I mean what a I mean, that's a film on its own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Needful Things by Stephen King. <laughs> so anyway, you know, it turns out that not just the bartender become important into what happens, but also one of the customers it wanders in. Everything in this film is yep precisely layered it's, very, it's all connected
4: yeah mm. it's wonderful I mean we should we should talk about Elsa Lanchester I mean you uh, the first time I watched it I I, I got the, the the notion that she was the the spouse of this great artist and it wasn't it was her she was the artist and she was mm. and and he yeah. uh, George loved her paintings but I uh, yeah maybe that was just my viewing on the first uh, on the first watch sorry my chair squeaking (laughs) like crazy sorry um you can hear it like mad right stop but then you watch it more and more and she's this eccentric genius artist
2: Mm.
3: who
4: not only is very good at what she does but that she's also had multiple husbands
3: yeah which is genius. What genius touch that is as well. There's a, it, yeah. there's a beautiful scene where this low-level reporter is sent to her house just to yes. ask her a question. <laughs> and it's one of the it's one of the most passive-aggressive, hilarious moments ever when she welcomes him into the house and she realises who he is. Mm. It's brilliant. <laughs> Good morning, young lady.
2: Beat it. Is your mother at home? I said beat it. Who is the Rosa? Someone trying to steal the milk. No, no, I would yeah. just... Miss uh,
1: Patterson?
2: Yes? I'm Don Klausmeyer from Artways Magazine.
1: Yes? Oh, yes. Didn't you review my show in 41?
2: I think I did.
1: Oh, come in, Mr Klausman.
2: Klausmeier.
1: <laughs> I've been planning to kill you for years. Drop those cherubs and I'll break both your arms straight ahead. <laughs>
4: it's wonderful. But then it's also when she sees the man who outbid her for her for her mm. own painting... By the yeah. way, let's point that out. And and she's like, ha! Ah! And there's this lovely little moment that she stops, and it's like, she thinks she has to help this man. And she doesn't quite know why, but she decides that she has to help him. And, mm. and that was lovely as well. Elsa Lanchester in this is... Stupendously good. She's absolutely she's fantastic.
3: She's peerless in this. Yeah. yeah, She's fantastic.
4: What what a great role that is. As we said, there there are no weak links in in this film. There's a there's a scene where uh, actually there's a couple of scenes where George is trying to you know uh, he's trying to fit the timeline and he's going round cabbies and doormen. And Barman mm. and all of this. And everyone they choose, I've recognised a couple of them, some of them I didn't, but everyone they choose is you sort of go, aha. Is he gonna help him now or is she gonna help him now? As you say though, the problem is is that the big clock doesn't really have much to do with this film. Mm. So much so That's that later Well, so much so that later on, when the big clock fails, for some reason, it doesn't really matter. Because Charles Thornton just sort of goes, ah, it's a piece of electronica. It doesn't really matter. It, it's going to fail. And it's like, well.
3: It, do, it doesn't quite land. Yeah, no. I, I do agree. Um,
4: maybe more yeah, so would in the book, maybe.
3: Maybe, yeah.
4: Mm. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I mean, uh, do you agree? I mean, I, I just thought it was. It didn't really. In the grand scheme of things where this film is concerned, it doesn't really mean much.
3: I think the whole clock angle of it is um, slightly underbaked I don't think it needs I don't, yeah as I say the, the title The Big Clock mm. doesn't really tell you anything about what this film's about it's about a murder that happens by a man who hires another man to find someone to pin it on yeah. but the thing is the man he's trying to pin it on is the man he's hired to find the man to pin <laughs> it on um, so the man the man who's been hired mm-hmm. to pin it on himself mm-hmm. has to thwart the investigation Yep. And somehow manage to bend it mm-hmm. so that the right man gets done for the crime. That's yep. about as simple as I can make it, which is not simple. No, <laughs> no. But you, you, mean, it's, it's worth saying that you are never at any moment while you're watching this film. Although it mm-hmm. sounds complicated to explain in one sentence, mm-hmm. you're never in at any moment in this film ever lost. You know, it's very no. very simply. Done, yeah you know yeah it's
4: very I, clever. I I agree with that um it it did give me flashes of a film that we both reviewed on the on the other show which was a, a Cloudburst, which is you know mm. the the guy searching for the killer which he knew was himself and so there was there was a little flash in there of, of that for me mm. The thing I, I, I love about uh, this film was, because I, I, I did watch this twice, but what I did watch for a third time was the last sort of 20, 25 minutes or so. Because it's so much of a breakneck pace of finishing the film. And mm. they're in so many more extra characters. There is, there's a, by the end of this film, there's probably tons of them. And, yeah. uh, and you're learning who's a, an insurance guy, who's a fake actor, who's a policeman, who's all... And it was just like, right, okay, I need to work out who everyone is right now. And and it's a wonderful misdirection as well. And especially when you have George, you know, sabotaging a, a lift, an elevator to put out one guy out of commission. And it's just... And obviously, that sets up for a big finale. It's Chekhov's elevator. So it, it's going <laughs> to yeah. happen. But yeah, what a a wonderful way to make a, a mystery come round to a drama and then, oh, what a <laughs> what a mess of a film, but what a wonderful <laughs> mess this film is. It,
3: it's perfectly orchestrated chaos.
4: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's per- that's a wonderful way of saying it, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, if you had to pick a standout from this film, would it be a Elsa Lanchester?
3: A standout, what, performer? Yes, um, yeah. well, it's hard to choose between her and Charles Lawton because I his agree. performance is so. His performance is so clever and so yeah. forward-thinking. It's a mm. performance that you know would to- it could totally exist in today's cinema, and you'd see him as, you'd see him as as the sort of Kyoan character in Banshees of Inisherin or something like that, something slightly not you know acceptably okay. You know, when it comes to societal norms, there's something about him that's very, very considered and very mannered. And okay. um, There's definitely, you know, there, there, there are ticks there, and it, it's beautifully done. But you know, for, for sheer entertainment value, you can't beat Elsa Manchester in this film. No. She's absolutely perfect. Isn't she she,
4: <laughs> she she gets the big laugh at the end of the film. So she does. Mm. Yeah. I mean, because mm. I, I wasn't sure how they were going to end this. And, you know, the the big set piece happens at the end. And I'm like, uh, so how are they going to close this out? They can't just put the end. and uh, mm. But they didn't. And they gave a, a good reason for why she did what she did. And it was spectacular. And I, I do love Elsa Lanchester. And, and she nailed it. But, yeah, Charles Lawton is, is wonderful. But as we said, no weak link. No weak link in this film at all. No it's, weak links. A and script. a really
3: brave, big... Bold concept mm. as well, which I really like. Absolutely,
4: it would be very interesting to read the book of this. I, I must. Uh, I think I might have to do that. Okay, then, no, my friend. So let's mm. have your rating for uh, for the big clock.
2: Um,
3: I'll give it a nine. I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a bloody fantastic film. I think it's uh it's, it's, it's incredibly entertaining. It's not the sort of film that I could It's, it's not comfort food, which mm. always pushes it to a ten for me. But yeah, I give it a nine. Totally. It's it's one of those films that you admire greatly. Everyone in it is wonderful, and you're very, very glad it exists. So, yes, big clock,
4: big nine. Wonderful. Well, I I must admit, I, I was, I mean, an hour in between an eight and a nine, and then we talked about it more, and I'm going to have to go for a nine as well. I mean it's mm. it's it's such a good film. Um I'm so glad that people recommended it to, movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm, yeah, I'm so happy people said that we should uh we should watch it and and uh yeah, what yeah. It's just a great cast. It's uh the, the score is wonderful, the set pieces are great, the script is fantastic. Uh yeah, it's a nine for me as well. Yeah. What a fantastic
3: film. Mm. Uh, fantastic movie. Feels yes.
4: very modern as well, doesn't it? I'm it fine. does actually. Yeah. I've uh I, I saw No Way Out years ago and I really don't remember mm-hmm. it very well. I'm gonna to have to watch it again to see how it holds up against this.
3: So. so if you if you remember well, you don't remember, but um Gene Hackman, I think, is the man who's having an affair with Sean Young and Kevin Costner is one of his employees in the Pentagon. Gotcha. And Kevin Costner and Sean Young have an affair. And yep. then Gene Hackman finds out about it and kills Sean Young. So he hires Kevin, Ho- Kevin Costner to shut the Pentagon down and find out who killed Sean Young, basically. But it turns out at the end, But what he dresses it up as, there's this huge twist. If anyone hasn't seen it, then please you know, skip ahead. But there's, uh, what he dress- dresses it up as, there's a spy called Yuri, mm. um, and he works for Russia. And we've known about him for years, and he has murdered a girl. So we're trying to find this guy, Yuri. So we're after a Russian spy. So Kevin Costner has to sort of dress it up as this hunt for a Russian spy. Um, In the end, he manages to sort of twist it back and prove that Gene Hackman did it. And then the film kind of finishes. And then Kevin Costner gets in his car and goes home. And he makes contact with Russia. And it turns out that (gasps) he is Yuri. Oh. and, um, and <laughs> that the Yuri thing was actually a thing all the way through <laughs> Wonderful. <It's> very clever it's like they did when we did um,
4: oh what was it Out of the Past no uh, yeah Out of the Past they uh, they remade mm. that as Against All Odds didn't they so yeah 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 um, yeah so well they've got a history of doing that right well, pickings do <laughs> not they just yeah oh well there we go well why has no one remade the Devil Doll that's all I'm gonna say
3: right Let's list the reasons.
4: <laughs> I, thinking, I want it Super I want shoot. the gender flipped on its head and I want Drew Barrymore playing an old man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, that's a great plan.
4: Wouldn't there be some symmetry in there somewhere?
3: Okay. Totally. <laughs> <it> <laughs> Drew Barrymore and the devil doll. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but playing an old man.
3: Amazing. Makes
4: sense to me? But there we go. <laughs> All right, then. Well, before we leave, we need to go about uh, uh, what we're talking about next. Um, so, as I said, I'm going to give you two choices. Okay. Um, something occurred to me when we were doing the Captain Blood episode. You know, it has all its battle and fight scenes and whatnot, and that's kind of cool. So, I thought, <laughs> right, I'm going to give you two options again. I'm going to leave the Sherlock Holmes one there. So, you have that option. What Any one of the 14 uh, Basil Rathbone... Uh, Sherlock Holmes, but mm-hmm. the other option is, and this is kind of putting you on the spot, but is a golden age because we haven't done it. A golden age war movie. Ooh, so, yeah. We've never done a war film on all best lines. I mean, we've done war adjacent, but never a full-on proper war movie. So they are your two choices, my friend: Sherlock Holmes, Basil Rathbone, uh, Sherlock Holmes, or a war film, golden age war film.
3: Well, people are going to think that I don't like Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> but I do. It's just that um, you know the mind swims with possibilities when um, when you you mention a genre versus a single series. Yeah, yeah. So um, we can always return to Sherlock Holmes, of can't course. we? So why don't we go with All Quiet on the Western Front? from 1930 ah. starring Lou Ayres, which has recently been remade and which is recently the remake I know is scoring lots of award nominations but yeah. the original with Lou Ayres is extraordinarily good one of the, the big universal hits and also um, yeah, um, a very important film in terms of cinema history so I will go with what? that
4: it's, it's very timely, as you say, with the, the, the remake um, getting so many Oscar nominations at time of recording. Mm. So, uh, yeah, okay. The original or Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, well, well done. I don't think i've seen it again i'm gonna have to check but i don't think i have so wonderful mm. there we go
2: well i just
4: thought yeah when, as i said we saw all those battle scenes and fighting scenes i was saying we never we've never done I, I gave you like you know a thriller and a western and a horror and whatnot but we never did a war film so i thought why the hell not let's do a war film
3: that's a good one i haven't seen it for a, a while so i haven't seen it for a couple of years it would be nice to revisit that one again. It's a very poignant story and I I like the fact that it's a war film that's anti-war which is always good.
4: Lovely. Well, I look forward to mm-hmm. checking it out. I might have to check out the
3: remake as well and uh, kind of combine the two for next time. So. There's a very, very, very good Richard Thomas version. Richard Thomas from the Waltons mm-hmm. uh, did a version in the, I think it was 70s which is excellent and they showed at school when I was growing up. But cool. the Lou version is extraordinary, so that is the
4: one we shall do. Excellent. Cool. All right, my, my friend. Uh, well, that was fun. That was the big clock. So I hope everyone yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. And you're uh, you're taking us out of here, my friend. All the best. Lines. Tick, toc, tick, toc, tick, toc, tick. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you know you're enjoying this one. Am <laughs> I? Yep. I? I started off the Captain Blood <laughs> I swear you game me into this every time. And yet, isn't it? Wouldn't it be lovely if we have a handy record of every time we do
3: this? Yes, I've said this to you many times.
4: <laughs> In fact, very early on, you were trying to prove it to me by <laughs> playing a recording <laughs> while you
3: were recording. If, we should probably record these <laughs> more often. <laughs> yeah. So <it's> just chatting. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>